Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about UFO disables nuclear missile. That's correct, UFO disables nuclear missile. Now that headline might be just a tiny bit misleading. The fact is, is that this was a story about a UFO that disabled a nuclear missile, but it wasn't armed with a nuclear warhead, thankfully. This story happened back in 1964. We've talked about it before, but I think this article does such a good job of explaining what happened and talking about some of the people that were involved and that are still around and are talking about it today. The first article comes to us from the sun.co.uk. I'll have these listed over at Ko-Fi and at Locals. You can take a look at the links over there. Uh, it begins by saying, from beyond, mystery video shows disc-shaped UFO intercept and disable nuclear missile with laser beams, whistleblower claims. And then it goes on and says, one of, the, one of the officers who saw the UFO wrote a letter describing it. This article is by Olivia Alhusen and is dated February 13, 2024. The U.S. military is in possession of video footage showing a UFO intercepting and disabling a nuclear missile with laser beams, according to the whistleblowers. Retired U.S. Air Force officers say the disc-shaped object circled an unarmed dummy warhead during a routine test after it detached from an Atlas missile booster. It's got a really cool little diagram here. And this happened out uh, in California. It says UFO sighting former two U.S. Air Force officers claimed there is a video showing a UFO blasting a missile. It says, first off, the missile is launched from the air base. This is in California. Uh, this thing goes up in the air. Secondly, it says UFO appears as warhead detaches. Now, um, there's a simulation of this video uh, floating around out there. It's kind of interesting. This this uh, UFO, I guess, is the best you could call it. It's not really even distinct on the video, but it starts to circle this missile as it's uh, you know blasting uh, into off the launch pad in, into uh, space. It says UFO blasts four laser beams at the warhead, so it's it's attacking the warhead itself, and then it says the nuclear warhead is disabled. Now, from stories I've read, there actually was not a nuclear bomb on board this thing, but this was a nuclear missile. They were testing it to see if they could release like nu uh, multiple nuclear uh, weapons at the target. It goes on, it says, they said the UFO sent out the beam of light, and then they have a, 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 an illustration of that. Down below, they got a picture of these guys that were involved. It says, ex-first lieutenant in U.S. Air Force, Robert Jacobs, pictured middle bottom row with his crew. This is a guy that's one of the whistleblowers on this thing. It says, Lieutenant Bob Jacobs and Major Florence Mansum say they saw the recording of the 1964 interview before the tape mysteriously disappeared. The former officials were part of a team responsible for capturing footage of missile test launches in California with telescopic photography and video equipment. So these are the guys that are filming this missile to make sure it's working properly. And evidently it didn't after this UFO got involved. Two days after they recorded the video, they say that two plainclothed CIA agents confiscated the clip and ordered them to keep quiet. Some UFO experts have identified a pattern where UFOs seem to interfere with nuclear weapons. Now, of course, we know this has been uh, talked about a lot, and we've, you know, I've talked here in the program about how Arrow was supposed to investigate this stuff, but it just seemed like more of a cover-up and and a shutdown than anything. And it says U.S. U.S. Weapons Officer Robert Salas previously claimed a UFO 
shot down 10 missiles in a bizarre incident in 1967. And now the new whistleblowers have revealed another UFO encounter, which they claimed happened on September 15, 1964. Well, actually, these guys aren't new. They've told this story for quite a while. And if you've been paying attention, you know the story's been around for a while. It has now been thrown into the spotlight due to an investigation by author Robert Hastings. According to a post made by Hastings on the UFO Chronicles website earlier this month, former intelligence officer Louis Elizondo claimed to have also seen the video. Wow, it almost seems like maybe Louis kind of latching on here a bit. I'm not even sure why he would claim to have seen that. Um, this story's been around for a while, uh, pre-Louis, I believe we can look it up, but but uh, this is not something that just came off the presses yesterday. Uh, Elizondo says he has a former he was a former director of the Pentagon's Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program to study UFOs. Now remember, this happened in 1964. I don't think Louis was even born yet. He says he has been involved in several high-profile leaks of military footage allegedly showing UFOs. I also have a problem with that. He says he's been involved in several high-profile leaks. Everything I've read on Louis is that he's, even though he's retired intelligence, he still has to go back and submit to these polygraph tests. So anything that he would be involved with leaking, uh, that means that the deep state cleared it to be leaked. Otherwise, he'd be locked up for leaking state secrets, right? An anonymous source revealed to Hastings that Elizondo confirmed the details of the event in an internal interview. In the 1960s, Jacobs was at the helm of a military telescopic photography site in Big Sur, California. The site captured a video as the missile blasted through the air, traveling several thousand miles per hour over the Pacific Ocean. At the time, Mansman was the chief photographic imagery analyst at Vandenberg Air Force Base, now called Vandenberg Space Force Base, in Santa Barbara County, California. The Cold War was progressing, testing sophisticated and secret military hardware, and some UFO skeptics have claimed that reports of UFOs provided cover for these tests. Here you go, appeal to authority, I guess. Some UFO skeptics. Well, that's pretty general. I'm not even sure why you would include that in the article. The craft caught on camera was domed and disc-shaped, according to Jacobson and Mansum. In a letter, Mansum wrote about the sighting. He said it was a classic disc. The center seemed to be a raised bubble. The entire lower saucer shape was glowing and seemed to be rotating slowly. He added, at that point of beam release... The object turned like an object required to be in a position to fire from a platform. But again, this could be my own assumption from being in aerial combat. Forty years later, a U.S. Senate investigator told Hastings that Elizondo had confirmed his description in an official interview last year. Well, you know, Louis Elizondo, I mean, he's like the Forrest Gump of UFOs or something here. I mean, this story's been around for years and years. It says This is not new news. If you haven't heard of it, I mean, I've talked about this on the podcast I don't know, a couple years ago probably. And it's been around a long time before I found it. So I don't know why it's become news because Louis Elizondo says, oh yeah, I was there, I saw that. I mean, definitely he's gumping us here in a big way. During that, in my opinion, during that briefing, the former AA tip director confirmed the existence of the video, the details regarding what it showed, and the location of a copy of it in ATIP's workspace, Hastings wrote in the new post. Although Mansum told Jacobs not to discuss what they had seen, Jacobs began to talk about the event in 1982 as he thought enough time had passed and he could speak freely. So he's been talking about this since 1982. And did Louis just now decide to reveal that he saw the actual video? 
I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking of Forrest Gump and those, you know, that 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 video of Forrest uh, shaking hands with John F. Kennedy and doing the ping pong thing in China. And yeah, pretty amazing, Louis. I guess next we'll find out that he was at Roswell, maybe. Maybe he's seen the video on that. But this, but his claims were dismissed by skeptics, and he was even subjected to harassment and death threats. Hastings' new report appears to match with Elizondo's recollection of the video. Can you see what they're doing here? They're they're taking Louis and they're they're saying, okay, this guy uh, was a, a photographer at this uh, missile test site back in 1964. He tells you that he saw this missile launched. Uh, they were doing, uh, they were testing out this new launching, you know, the cone that contains the missiles. I don't, uh, as I said, I don't believe there were actual uh, nuclear warheads in there. They were just, they were just doing a proof of, of a concept test, basically, to see if they could launch these nuclear weapons, multiple weapons, out of this warhead. 1964, new thing. And the guy saw, he, he's watching this on this uh, telescopic camera, and they see this flying saucer come in, and they see it shoot that warhead. The, you know, the tip of the missile four different times, uh, just blasting it off of there. Now, that story's been around for a long time. Now, now all of a sudden, we're told that the original witness, that we can believe him because Elizondo has confirmed the uh, recording, this video recording of this, this tape of this, that this guy's told us about for years and years. I'm, I really don't think I need Louis Elizondo to, to confirm anything. I mean, why are they putting this in the in the uh, article? Are they trying to create some kind of a limited hangout? Are they just trying to uh, give a little street cred to Louis Elizondo? I don't know. I'm, I'm not impressed with that. Anyway, the article goes on. It says, he wrote on November 10th, 2023, a highly reliable source who I am not at liberty to, to identify told me that UAP, Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, whistleblower David Grush, has privately confirmed that Elizondo also told him about having screened the Big Sur film and that it did indeed capture an amazing UFO-related dummy warhead interference event. Well, I don't need I don't need Louis to confirm that. I really don't. And so we're supposed to just take him at his word, and now we're supposed to believe that he's confirmed this with David Gresh. This is just, this is just more uh, hearsay, actually. What I'm interested in is a testimony from the witnesses that were there on the ground looking through the camera lens. It goes on, he says, he added that it seems that the video may have been lost when the Pentagon destroyed Elizondo's files and emails. Oh, so now we're to believe that the Pentagon destroyed Elizondo's files and emails. I just find it hard to believe that the Pentagon destroyed Elizondo's files and emails. I just don't believe that. I just don't believe these guys are in the business of destroying stuff because that stuff's got value, even if it's just a way that they could control somebody later on, manipulate somebody. And so why would they throw it away? It says, this would have occurred in 2017 after he resigned as ATIP director, which he claimed was in protest of the bidding on covering up of UFO matters. I actually think that that's not correct. I mean, he can say whatever he wants to, but as I understand it, ATIP was a temporary program funded uh, through a, some kind of a line item deal by Harry Reid, a senator from Nevada, at the behest of his friend Bob Bigelow. Kind of a vanity, pro a vanity project is what I would call it. So I don't see this as being some like major department that Louis was running, you know. I mean, just look at your own state government. You've got these little temporary programs all over the place. Sometimes they kind of get embedded and stick around for a while, but 
If you've ever had experience working in, in government jobs, even for short periods of time, you can really find out. It's like I've said before in this program, in a normal situation, uh, 80% of the people are, are doing the work at a normal business. And maybe you got 20% of the people are just goofing off. My experience, from what I can see, from people I've talked to, uh, when it comes to the government jobs, it's almost the exact opposite. It's like 20% of the people are doing 80% of the work. And then the other 80% are just goofing around doing a little bit of the work. This notion that Louis was in charge of some great productive asset there at the Pentagon, uh, I'm not buying it. It goes on, it says, he continued, this highly unusual move by the Pentagon is in direct violation of a legal preservation order that was mandated based on Elizondo's other duties at the time. Well, this I can see. Why would they destroy this stuff? And do we know for sure that it was them that destroyed it? And finished, it says, the order requires all of Elizondo's electronic and hard copy files to be preserved indefinitely, including email and correspondence. Apart from the video, there is some limited evidence supporting the story. Well, maybe maybe they were afraid of what would come out with Louis' emails and stuff. I don't know. There was stuff being done at Skinwalker Ranch, apparently. Uh, maybe this was a vanity project that went a little too far. Maybe they didn't think it would uh, it would withstand the scrutiny of the auditors. Hard to believe that. I mean, considering the Department of Defense cannot account for $1.55 trillion or half of everything they own, but it's hard to believe that El that Louis Elizondo's department could have been so much worse than that. But I don't, I don't get it. Maybe he stumbled across something too. Maybe I'm being too hard on Louis. Maybe he's got the big UFO secret out there and he just can't tell us about it. It says a declassified but unreleased set of radar data on the September 15th, 1964 event apparently confirmed that an unidentified aerial object was observed near the dummy warhead during the missile test, a source told Hastings. The analysis of radar suggested that the unidentified object could have been debris. It's also possible that it was shaft, metallic objects meant to confuse radar to prevent enemies from pinpointing the exact location of a warhead. That seems kind of hard to believe to me because this thing was just taking off the launch pad. It wasn't like it was even that far out. Like I said, it was a test. Hastings wrote, so perhaps the mysterious target tracked on radar near the warhead was merely a shaft. I really find that to be kind of almost laughable. He added, on the other hand, it may have indeed been the actual UFO whose presence the author of the radar data report would probably not have known about given the incident's top secret status. It comes as a congressman who attended a James Bond-style UFO briefing revealed he believes the U.S. government is covering up evidence. Representative Tim Burchette attended the meeting after shocking testimony was given by whistleblower and former U.S. intelligence officer David Grush. Like I said, the story's been around for a while. It seems believable to me. The guy seems... Uh, the guy seems sincere and honest. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there. But it makes sense that these things are really uh, interested in our nuclear capability. And, you know, we've had lots of... Uh, We've had lots of reports of these things showing up, showing up at nuclear sites, nuclear aircraft carriers, whatnot. Now, let's look at this last article here, kind of on the same topic. It says, U.S. whistleblowers reveal UFO disabled nuclear missile using laser beams, story by Catherine Fiddler. Now, remember, we said this is a nuclear missile. The war, There's no, there's no uh, nuclear material on this thing as far as bomb is concerned. They were trying to develop this system where they could deliver multiple weapons, I believe, at the same time. Now, it says a disc-shaped UFO disabled a U.S. nuclear missile over the Pacific during a routine test, according to multiple military whistleblowers. Of course, that had been there off the coast of California. The craft allegedly circled the unarmed dummy warhead as it traveled at several thousand miles per hour before firing four beams of light at 
the missile. Now think about this thing's going several thousand miles an hour and this thing is just zinging around it like it's roping a calf or something. It's just amazing. It is not known at what altitude the altercation is said to have occurred. Retired Air Force officers Lieutenant Bob Jacobs and Major Florence Mansman are among two who claim the event took place and they say they have seen footage of the event which was captured on September 15, 1964. However, the video has since gone missing. Well, you're never going to find a video like that. I mean, they've been trying to get the stuff on Kennedy for uh, over 60 years. You're not going to ever get it. It says, uh, extraordinary allegations about the encounter have been swirling for years, but are now being investigated by Arthur Robert Hastings, who book, whose books include UFOs and Nukes, The Secret Link Revealed. They've also got a nice little diagram here showing this missile, you know, uh, launching up in the air and this UFO uh, firing some kind of a laser weapon at it. Lieutenant Jacobs and Major Mansman were part of the team charged with filming the test from a military telescopic photography site in Big Sur, California, and while doing so, inadvertently captured the altercation. They allege that after a highly restricted screening of the footage, two plainclothes CIA officers confiscated the tape. So you've got two guys saying the same thing. Lieutenant Jacobs said that at the time, Major Mansman had told him not to talk about it and said it had and said it had never happened. Well, that would be the first response to something like that. You know, they could have thought this thing was Russian or whatever. This this uh, spacecraft. Separately, Mr. Hastings confirmed that Louis Elizondo, former director of the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, also said he had seen the footage. See, it just seems to me like Louis has interjected himself into this whole thing, and I'm a little concerned about that because this is the first time hearing of Louis seeing this video. This was confirmed by an anonymous U.S. Senate investigator, not Mr. Elizondo himself, who has previously accused the Pentagon of trying to discredit him for speaking out over the issue of UFOs. So it sounds like Hastings says that Luizondo said he's seen the footage, but then we're being told this was confirmed by an anonymous U.S. Senate investigator. So see, you're getting clear into, you're getting clear into hearsay uh, territory there. Writing on his website, the UFO Chronicles, Mr. Hastings described the craft as a domed disc-shaped object. The video showed exactly what Dr. Jacobs has maintained over the years. A UFO actually interfered with an Atlas missile in flight as it carried a dummy nuclear warhead aloft, wrote Mr. Hastings. The official Air Force video of the encounter captures the moment the unknown object appears to engage the warhead with a luminous beam, which turned on and off four times as it traveled downrange at several thousand miles per hour over the Pacific Ocean. Now that's fascinating. That's got to be a great video. But if we can't get the cockpit video out of the UFOs that were shot down over Alaska, the Yukon, Lake Huron, we're certainly not going to get these. By 1983, Major Manson had, had decided to speak out about the encounter, describing the UFO as a classic disc. The center seemed to be a raised bubble. The entire lower saucer shape was glowing and seemed to be rotating slowly. So at first he says, don't talk about this. Nothing ever happened. But then, you know, 19 years later, I don't know, maybe he's getting a little bit older. And he's like, you know what? I can't, I can't be quiet about this any longer. And he comes out with his story. It says a year later, Lieutenant Jacobs, then a university professor specializing in communications, had written an article about the incident in the sensationalistic National Enquirer. Well, they say what you want to about National Enquirer. Sometimes they get things right, or they, just, they did back in the day. After publication, he began receiving death threats over the phone and intimidating letters from certain well-known UFO skeptics who attempted to get Jacobs to retract his story. Now, I really, really wish 
that he would name and shame the people that were calling him and giving him death threats. Because if these are skeptics, you know, the guys are, that were making money off this stuff, debunking this all the time, then then we have a right to know. Very disappointed that they aren't naming and shaming right there. Further evidence for the encounter has been offered in declassified, but as yet unreleased radar data taken on the day, which shows an unidentified object near the missile at the time of the incident. Now they're saying that there is uh, unreleased radar, radar data that's not classified. This looks like a classic case where somebody like Louis or one of these other UFO uh, celebrity mafia members could come in uh, clandestinely come into possession of this stuff and then release it online, uh, boost their numbers for a couple of weeks and tell us all how great they are. That stuff should be released today. If they know it's there and it's declassified, why is it not being released? If they're letting uh, some uh, private journalists come in and release this, then they are in effect monetizing evidence that belongs to the public. This is public property, this radar data, and it should be released on a government website where we can all see it. Should not be taken and, uh, you know, just hidden away, sequestered somewhere until they pick out which uh, UFO celebrity they want to release it to. We will be keeping an eye on this. Remember, remember that we talked about this. So in the next few weeks, if it happens that this radar uh, data is released, from this missile test back in 1964 and that it suggests that yes there was a ufo in the area and this comes out on one of these uh top producers websites whether it's louis or corbell or knapp or whoever just remember that that they're they're telegraphing it to you right here we've got the radar information it's not released but it's not but it is uh, declassified that's sketchy However, Lieutenant Jacobs has suggested this could have been some of the metallic shafts shining overhead. Debris deliberately scattered to confuse enemy radar from detecting the exact location of a missile. Yeah, I'm not sure that that metallic shaft uh, fires off uh, laser beams. So perhaps the mysterious target tracked on the radar near the warhead was merely the shaft, wrote Hastings. On the other hand, it may have indeed been the actual UFO whose presence the author of the radar data reported would probably not have known about given the incident's top secret status. So evidently they didn't know there was a missile going off that day. On the other hand, it may have indeed been the actual UFO whose presence the author of the radar data report probably would have not known about given the incident's top secret status. Well, they've written a report about this, so that's the first thing they're gonna look for to come out is the radar data report. But there again, that's not uh, your prima facie evidence. This is somebody telling you what they saw. What we need are actual records of the radar data that happened that day. So once again, they're filtering this information. They are telling you that you can only get it from this source. They're not being they're, they're not being legit with us. They're keeping this stuff hidden in a file cabinet somewhere. And then they're deciding uh, down the road, 50, 60 years later, uh, who gets to who gets to reveal this information to us. Now almost 60 years on, and with UFOs making headlines daily, the story has resurfaced, but the tape has not. At present, it seems like it was destroyed alongside the rest of Dr. El Mr. Elizondo's files and emails when he resigned as ATIP director in 2017. That's th That to me is uh, really kind of a reckless uh, assumption right there. Why would they think that it was destroyed with Elizondo stuff? This stuff predates Elizondo by, uh, you know, 55 years. 
so I don't even see what he's what, what he's got to do with anything. This highly unusual move by the Pentagon is in direct violation of a legal preservation order that was mandated based on Elizondo's other duties at the time, wrote Hastings. The order requires all of Elizondo's electronic hard copy files to be preserved indefinitely, including email and correspondence. Well, what would it matter? I mean, if you saw the, if it, maybe Louis saw the video, maybe he didn't, but that does that would be no reason for it to be destroyed. Mr. Elizondo said he stood down in protest at the Pentagon over excessive secrecy surrounding the program. Uh, Speaking to CNN at the time, he said, my personal belief is that there is very compelling evidence that we may not be alone, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, once again, I'm going to say this for the upteenth time. I don't believe that Louis stood down because he was having a conflict with, with people at the Pentagon, ex excessive secrecy. I don't believe there was a cabal that was preventing him from investigating. We know how ATIP was funded. It was funded temporarily by a line item thing that Harry Reid put in there. As we've said a million times, reportedly at the at the behest of Bob Bigelow, looks to me like a vanity project. Uh, they were doing some research at, at uh, Skinwalker Ranch, I believe. Uh, never to me did this ever appear to be a serious project, even rising to the ranks of Blue Book, which uh, a lot of people thought they were just there to uh, debunk sightings, uh, not not investigate them. So I, I find this story interesting. It's been around for a while. But what concerns me is it seems as if there's been another uh, little bit of a release on it. Uh, these guys have been talking about this stuff, since, like I said, since at least 1982. Uh, the two people, in, uh, the, the two main characters in this, uh, Robert uh, uh, Jacobson and Hastings. And so I'm not sure what Louis Elizondo has to do with anything. I guess the news that they're saying is, hey, Someone has come and told us that Louis said he saw this video, the one you're talking about. Well, that's hearsay. And unless, and then when someone confronts Louis about it, hey, where's that video at? Oh, it must have got destroyed along with all of my emails and with all of my data from my uh, ATEP days. And, you know, that could be, but I don't see why the DOD would uh, go to the lengths of destroying this uh, missile test video along with... Uh, Louis Elizondo's emails. Doesn't really seem to be much of a connection there. Certainly he shouldn't have been emailing people talking to him about it. You know, uh, it's a it's a great sighting though. And it's, I think when you hear about these sightings, the most important thing to do is always go back to the source. So what I'm interested in this sighting about is these two gentlemen that are still alive today, still talking about it. The sighting that happened in 1964. I'm not really interested and Louis Elizondo chiming in and saying, oh, by the way, uh, I saw the video, or, or, or any of these other guys. I don't think that a new force Gump of UFOs has anything to offer to add to the validity of this account. Either you believe him or you don't believe him. And based on their professional history and their testimony, I got to believe these guys. Something very strange happened there that day, and I don't need Louis Elizondo to confirm that. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out. <laughs>